Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. I understand what it's like to raise a child and care about educational opportunities or the lack thereof. I know what it's like to in my case to apply for food stamps for example when I was going to law school and and I didn't have a good enough paying job on the show we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy confidence and ease I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, well women. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm so excited because President-elect Joe Biden's transition team on Thursday announced New Mexico Representative Deb Holland as his nominee for Interior Secretary, a powerful federal position that oversees natural resources, public lands, and Indian affairs. If confirmed by the Senate, Holland from the Pueblo of Laguna would be the first Native American cabinet secretary. It's truly history in the making. And we were there with Deb Holland from the very beginning. Um, Holland was reelected to her second term representing New Mexico's first congressional district in November and is currently the vice chair of the House Committee on Natural Resources. She's been working to organize rural and tribal communities for years, including in her role as Democratic Party chair of New Mexico. And And I sat down with her back in 2016 before she ran for Congress when she was the first Democratic State Party chair Native American to hold that position in the whole country. We sat down and talked, you know, as we do on the Well Woman Show, very intimately about her goals and her life and her views on politics, on diversity, on women. We talked about so many different things. And so this interview originally aired in October 2016. I'm going to play it here for you today because uh, it's, it's really... Uh, important to revisit this. And it's remarkable and notable that Deb Holland has been super consistent in how she talks about what she cares about and her values throughout you know, these years being state party chair and then being congresswoman and then now being uh, president-elect Joe Biden's pick for Department of the Interior. So you'll hear in the interview, Congresswoman Holland talks about the most powerful moment she experienced with Michelle Obama, how she felt the night she nominated Hillary Clinton at the Democratic Convention in 2016. She also talks about her commitment to advocating for women, the need for strong families and equal pay, the importance of diversity in politics and women's participation in politics. And she shares with us the three key things that she does every day to stay healthy and be successful. So this is really nice glimpse into Congresswoman Holland's life and and what she believes in that I think will be helpful as uh, the world gets to know, possibly if she, you know, is confirmed our first Native American cabinet secretary, certainly the first Native American to run the Department of Interior. So super exciting here on the Well Woman Show. And without further ado, here's my interview from 2016 with Congresswoman Deb Holland. I'm sitting this afternoon with Deborah Holland. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Um, 
As we heard in the introduction, you are the state party chair of the, the Democratic Party in the state of New Mexico. Um, tell me what you're working on and how it impacts women's lives. Sure. So I could start with my role as, as chairwoman of the Democratic Party of New Mexico. I'm an advocate for women because democratic values are really women's values. We understand the need for strong families, for access to economic opportunity, for equality, for equal pay, and for a woman's right to make her own health decisions. I'm proud to be a Democrat because we have such an amazing track record when it comes to women's issues, and we're always looking to empower women and push them to get involved in public service. Women have a great deal to offer. We have a valuable perspective that can drive solutions and make a difference for families across our state. And as a Native woman, which is a group that is particularly underrepresented, I have made it a personal obligation to represent our Pueblo and tribal communities. Okay. And I want to dig into a couple of things that you just mentioned. The first thing is you you talked about democratic values being women's values. What do you mean by that? So if you take a look at the Democratic Party platform, for example, we, we care about pay equality. We want women... We don't want women to be paid less than men. We want women to have uh, power over their own health care choices. We want to make sure that um, women are just basically being advocated for. Uh, not to mention, you, you know, our equality across the board for our gay brothers and sisters. Uh, we, we just, our platform is more in line with what women what will help women, I think, in their everyday lives. Okay, and you also talked about women having a specific perspective that can help find solutions and things. Um, What is that special perspective that women bring? And do all women bring this? So, I mean, I I suppose it matters somewhat uh, what your background or what your personal experiences are. But when I think about what I bring or what I could bring to an elected position such as this one, uh, I understand what it's like to raise a child and care about educational opportunities or the lack thereof. I know what it's like to in my case, to apply for food stamps, for example, when I was going to law school and and I didn't have a good enough paying job. And so I I think uh, there's a lot of women out there who, you know, they're taking care of their elder parents and they're working, uh, you know, a job or two. And I think women like that would definitely bring a different perspective to an elected position. And Deborah, as the party chair for a state, state of New Mexico, and you led the delegation to the Democratic Convention for the for the state of New Mexico, for listeners who may not be in New Mexico, they may be in a, a different state or even a different country, what was that like for you to have that leadership role? 
Well, I mean, I think it's it was a tremendous opportunity for me and and actually for New Mexico. I as the first Native American state party chair in the entire country. I think it speaks volumes for the diversity that we have here in New Mexico. Uh, we had uh, youth. We had Hispanic women, Hispanic men. We had uh, Native Americans and. And, you know, I, I think that when you think about diversity, it's it's everyone having a part in their own future. And I really like that idea because I think we work well together. We're stronger together. And tell us a little bit about being on the convention floor, leading a, a delegation of people from a state to nominate the first woman president. Uh, what was that like? Sure, sure. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's definitely worth noting that we have, after 240 years, we have a woman, a woman running for president. However, I don't think that's all. Uh, because Secretary Clinton is the most qualified individual to ever run for president. We've never had somebody run for president with all of her qualifications. And so, you know, if you watched her speech and she was naming off issues, if you care about gay rights, join us. If you care about pay equality, join us. If you care about education, join us. Choose your issue and join us because we will make sure that we work and fight for those things for you and your family. And um, I just think that was really significant. And was there a moment while you were at the convention where you, did you have a quiet moment where you were just sort of like, wow, here I am leading this delegation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's a spectacular experience, right? Uh, All these, you know, you see all these people in person pouring their hearts out on the stage. And uh, you might have watched uh, the uh, the first lady speech. And um, she, the first night that started off the convention with a bang, she was so inspirational. And um, yes, you, you. There are lots of quiet moments where you think to yourself, "I'm fortunate to have this opportunity to go home and tell people how lucky we are to be Democrats and how proud we should all be to have these people inspiring us to do good work and and make sure that that." you know, our country has an opportunity. And what was so inspiring about Michelle Obama's speech? Well, first of all, first of all, she's, um, well, gosh, she's awesome. Um, you know, I think the line that really gets me, and, and I heard her say this when she spoke here at the Santa Fe Indian School in Santa Fe um, for their commencement address, uh, she mentions the fact that she lives in a house that was built by slaves. And I didn't realize how important it was for our country to elect 
the first African-American president until I heard that line when she spoke it in May at the Santa Fe Indian School. Because I think it's so important to have different perspectives leading our country. And that was, I think, that was really significant. She said that at the convention, too. Yeah, that was a really powerful moment. Um, So is it important to you to get more women of color elected to office? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. If we have that opportunity, we should take it. How, like, how are you working towards that? So um, I'll give you one example. We currently have a rural and tribal initiative within the party where we're working to get out to rural communities and Native American communities to register voters, to have a visual presence there. Um, because I think that if you're visible and people have an opportunity to come and speak with you that um, if they're inspired they'll come back and they'll want to volunteer and to me that's the first step of public service is volunteering and if you want to go into um, you know if you want to think about a life of public service in the political realm um, volunteering is the first step and we want to get as many folks on board that way as we can because when they volunteer you have an opportunity to teach them something or to make them aware of something they weren't aware of mm-hmm. so and Deborah I know your road to becoming the state party chair has been an interesting and a difficult road as well you've had challenges throughout your life mm-hmm. What does it mean to you now to be in this position? Well, when we think about perspective, uh, if we back up a little bit, I I started out as a volunteer, and um, I guess my most my my very first significant volunteer role was when I decided. To volunteer, I was a full-time volunteer for four months for the Obama campaign in 2008, and I made that decision to ensure that New Mexico voted for him, and then that led to an opportunity to be a paid staffer in 2012, and. So I just learned so much. I mean, you learn some really incredible skills when you work on a campaign like that. And um, so I think what preceded my role as state party chair uh, is, you know, thousands of hours of volunteer work and knocking at thousands of doors and phone calls and and all of that and really um, campaigning in Indian country is a little bit different than, you know, picking a city and, and walking neighborhoods because everything's so spread apart. So as as I was working in Indian country in both 2008 and 2012, uh, I drove a lot around New Mexico. So I had opportunities to meet people all over the state. And, and I, I feel like that those experiences helped me a great deal with the job I'm doing now because I, I kind of have an idea of what, you know, what the environmental climate is of. And, Deborah, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, we're on the Well Woman Show, mm-hmm. so we, we do talk to women leaders about how they do what they do and how they maintain their own 
wellness and well-being while they're doing it all. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about a time in your life when you didn't put yourself first, when you weren't taking care of yourself the way you probably now know that you need to? Sure. So, um, so I'm really lucky to have a strong woman role model in my mother. She, gosh, she, she was pretty tough. Uh, and she taught me to be strong. And in our Pueblo culture, when you're taking care of your community and you're taking care of yourself, uh, you're taking care of your family, then everything's fine. You don't, I mean, it's not really that we're a unit, so to speak. And so as long as everyone's okay, you're okay too. And um, when I think about our ceremonies that we have uh, every year, though, for a reason, those are to make sure that our community is operating and that we're, you know, our crops will be successful and and that people will have the blessings they need to move forward. So I kind of feel like my cultural and traditional values um, intertwine with how I keep myself well. And and can you give us some specific examples about what you might do to, sure. to stay well? Especially, I have to say, like you know, you're in campaign season, like full on. It's so hard. I've worked on campaigns. Um, it's so hard to eat healthy, to take care of yourself. <laughs> to eat healthy, like get plenty of rest. Clock. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so what I do to take care of myself, I really do try to limit my intake of fast food. I think that's, that's a terrible habit to get into. I drink lots and lots of water. I run every morning or at least five mornings a week because I I think I need if I'm going to be sitting in a chair making phone calls all day I should at least have you know an hour's worth of exercise to back me up for that so so definitely if you, you know I think the the worst thing that people do is they don't set aside time in their schedules to exercise and you know you got to get your blood pumping you have to get you have to you have to get your exercise in Mm -hmm. we'll be right back i'm so thankful for support from high desert yoga promoting optimum physical health clarity of mind and spiritual inspiration for all You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goal monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfection, 
perfectionism and insecurity. The result? You get to live your well woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman Show. And we're moving into a segment that we call superpowers for success. Sure. And so I want to ask you a few questions. First one is, what does success in life mean for you? What does success in life mean for me? Well, I mean, personally, right now, I could say that my daughter, who is a senior at UNM, I look at her as being successful and that makes me super happy and I feel successful because she's going to graduate she cares about justice and equality she recycles and she doesn't you know she cares about her footprint and what she's leaving for you know future generations I guess so um so if I look at her, I always feel really super successful. It's nice to know that your kids actually learn something from you. Yeah. And when your kids are doing well, you feel like everything's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, Deborah, when did you know you were really good at what you do? Well... I think, I mean, if I, if I, you know, I can base so much of my life on, on my involvement in politics because that's what I've been doing for a long time. And, you know, in 2008 and again in 2012, we got out about 60% of the Indian vote because we worked really, really hard. And um, I was really proud of that fact. So... It's, you know, in the in Democratic Party politics is one place where you can work super hard and and quite often, not always, because I've worked hard and haven't gotten the results I wanted also. But um, quite often you can really feel good about the outcomes because, you know, it's successful. Hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's a good example of of being validated by an external result. You know, like you worked hard, you saw the result, you felt good about it. You were you thought I'm really good at what I do. It, was there ever a, a point where that was internal, where you thought to yourself, in that quiet sort of inside place, deep down, like I am really good at this. I um, you know I don't know. I don't know if I've ever felt that way. I, you know, so much of what I do is because of other people. And, you know, I, like I'll give you an example. I get, whenever I ran for state party chair, so many people said, why are you doing that? It's a thankless job. And, you know, you're going to hate it. And, and actually, there's been a, quite a number of people who have thanked me for the job I'm doing and who who are happy with the job I'm doing. However, I would never be able to do it without my staff. So I have this wonderful staff, and we're very small. There's only three of them and one of me. Well, actually, we have four now. Uh, there's four of them and one of me. And... Um, 
you know, I give 90% of, <laughs> of our success to them because they're the ones who are, you know, making my vision into reality. So, um, so, you know, I, I want to be careful about patting myself on the back if that's, if that's what that kind of means, because I think you always owe a debt of gratitude to somebody or some people, and you should always express that when you have the opportunity. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Superpower. Superpower. Um, Well, I don't know if this is a superpower or not, but I think all women have the ability to be inspirational. And by inspiring people, you might lead them to do something good for someone else. And that keeps that chain of helping people going. So to to get a little bit more personal, you inspire people. I've seen you inspire people. You, you, when you speak and when you relate and connect and, and do what you do, would you call that your superpower? Well, sure. I guess so. (laughs) I guess so. You know, after I did the announcement at at the national convention, uh, I, I had gotten a special Indian dress made for the occasion because I wanted to. I wanted to show pride in who I was as a Pueblo woman, and afterward, I got lots of tweets, and and one of the tweets um, mentioned that a young girl was tweeting that she wanted to get a dress just like mine, right? Isn't that sweet? And so if I can inspire that young girl to get a dress like mine and to get involved in her community, then I'll take that any minute of the day. Okay, great. And I want to ask you about resilience Mm -hmm. and about what you do when you get knocked down. When, you, when something happens that just throws you off your track, um, how do you deal with that? What do you do? I do, well, I talk to people about it. You know, I have people that I trust that I can basically um, talk things out with, right? Maybe it's called venting. You just want to get it off your chest so that it's not weighing you down. But I think it's always good to get things off of your chest, no matter what it is. If it's bothering you, you have to get rid of it because it will crush you if you don't. Um, but, you know, my parents, as I was when I was growing up, my parents were very strict. My dad, I, my dad was a 30 year career Marine. Uh, my mom had been a veteran in the Navy, and she was she was a she was just a tough woman. She worked hard, and and she didn't really put up with a lot. And I guess I just learned from my parents that you know you just keep going. You don't you don't you don't give up easily. You know, I my dad was in Vietnam for two years, and and after he passed away. We opened up his footlocker and and read a lot of things about his military career that he never shared with us. And he could have died over there, but he didn't because he was smart 
and he was resilient, right? And and so I feel like I need to honor his sacrifices too. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give your 25 or 30-year-old self? I would advise myself to get involved. When I was that young, I wasn't thinking of too much externally and if I could if I could tell myself at that age that my involvement could make a difference in people's lives I would definitely have done that because I didn't get involved till much later and I feel like I could have already accomplished a lot more if I had done it sooner but we do things in a in a certain order maybe and we get we we accomplish things because of that right so maybe if you had done it earlier things would have been different perhaps perhaps um i want to ask you a couple other quick quickies here okay do you identify as a feminist i don't know probably I mean, I don't know. I, 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 that seems a little bit of an old-fashioned word in a way, right? Because I know there's a lot of women who have fought a lot harder than I have for a lot longer, and I am reaping the benefits of the sacrifices that they made. I mean, just when I think about my right to vote, it was challenged, right? And women went through horrible things to give me that right, and and and. A, and in addition to that, Native Americans couldn't even vote in New Mexico until 1948. So I realized that I owe a debt of gratitude to the women who came before me, and I intend to pay it as long and hard as I can. Um, so if being a feminist means that women should have equal (laughs) pay and that they should get just as much in return for the hard work that they do, then yeah, I'm a feminist. And lastly, what's on your nightstand? What are you reading right now? Okay, so I'm reading a book called The Roundhouse. It's by one of my favorite authors, Louise Erdrich. She's a Native American author. I've read lots of her other books. It was written in 2012, and um, it's it's a it's it's a good book. <laughs> it's a little um, disturbing, but um, but it's good. Is it so, political? No, it's 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 a it's um, it's about violence and and equal. You know, it, it, I guess you could say that. Native Americans being are having the ability to be protected by the law when it comes to crimes. Sounds heavy, but it, that is heavy. It's good. Do you do, you do any light reading? Never. <laughs> <laughs> the book I read before that. Well, actually, I do. I have. I've read lots and lots of books. I like poetry too. I found a Jimmy Carter book at at a 
thrift at a yard sale a couple months ago. Nice. It's a nice Jimmy Carter book. It has his picture on the front, so I think I'm going to read that next. <laughs> Deborah, it's been a pleasure talking Thank to you. Thank you, Giovanna. After. Really appreciate you coming by. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.